worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shipra, and the name of the other Pua. And he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women, and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. Verses 1 through uh 1 through 20, excuse me, continuing verse 22 as well. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Verses 15 to 22, Exodus chapter 1. Then reading Exodus chapter 20, verse 13. You shall not murder. Proverbs 24, verse 12. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, Behold, we did not know this, Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? And then finally, then Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, which counsels us, guides us, helps us to know your mind, your heart, and your will. Thank you for the privilege of being able to open your word and to hear from you, to hear from heaven every single day. Father, more and more, open our eyes, our hearts, and our understanding as your church to better understand your heart and your will and that which you've called us to do as the church on the other side of Roe v. Wade, having happened, happened. Lord, help us to recognize, Lord, that the work is far from over, that yes, uh, Roe v. Wade was a big milestone, and Lord, you did it by your grace, by your mercy, and your through, through your love. But help us to recognize, Lord, that the work is still great before us. Many states still have legalized abortions, and some states seem to have fortified and increased their activity to support the tragedy of abortion. Help us as the church to boldly rise up and be the bold church of love, grace, and compassion you want us to be to help stand for life and against the tragedy of abortion. We thank you, and we praise you for that opportunity. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Rick Robertson. Rick is going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Father, we're thankful for this group of listeners that you've gathered together to hear what you have to say to them. Father, we pray that you would give them ears to hear, and then uh, courage to respond in a way that brings you much honor. We're thankful for our listening family. We pray for them and the different needs that they might have today, whether it's uh, worry or fear or, Father, there's health situations, so much going on in this fallen world. Father, we pray that you would uh, meet them 
uh, where they are today and strengthen them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Uh, we have a very, very, very special guest with us on today, uh, our youngest daughter, Elizabeth. There, there goes Kitty, the church cat. She's excited that Elizabeth is joining us today. <laughs> Elizabeth, how are, you, how are you today? I am well. Thanks, Dad. And um, thank Kitty, the church cat. <laughs> All right. She, along with the others, she's just the one sounding off right now. So, But Elizabeth is our uh, my wife, Birdie, and our youngest daughter. She's the youngest youngest uh, daughter, and uh, we have six children, and she's the youngest daughter. But she also happens to be the director of the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center. This is a ministry that the Lord uh, led us to get started, and it's up and coming and uh, just getting rolling, and it will be serving in the Mississippi Delta. But we're grateful and honored to have our daughter who's been involved with the pro-life cause for a number of years and been a pro-life warrior for a number of years as well. So, (laughs) Elizabeth, great to have you today. And I want to ask if you'll take just a few more moments to further introduce yourself to our audience and tell a little bit about your pro-life journey. And then we're going to talk more about the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center ministry in particular, but also some of the challenges that lay before the church as we're looking at a post-Roe era but please go right ahead. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks, Dad. That was an awesome intro that you gave me. But uh, yeah, like you said, I am um, y'all's daughter, and I pretty much um, I feel like I've grown up in the pro-life movement. And um, you know, I received Christ as a child. And we grew up being PKs, preacher's kids. So one thing about preacher's kids is we give our, our heart to Christ uh, on a regular basis just to be sure it took the first time, <laughs> just in case it didn't take the first time. So on many different occasions, I was rededicating my life to Christ uh, just to be sure until I came of age to really understand, okay, what I did the first time was sincere and genuine and it. It was it was genuine the first time and it worked the first time. But Amen. yeah, I've been a, a follower of Christ um, since I was a child, and like you said, um, grew up in the pro life movement uh, with you all. You know, my family and I. I can honestly say that it, to start off, no, it was not willing. <laughs> you pretty much, uh, for a lack of a better way of saying. Uh, yeah, we, we went where you drug us to, you know, and whether we wanted to go or not. Well, that's an interesting <laughs> but, um, way of I'm, putting it. So, <laughs> But I'm glad you did, because even though we wouldn't have chosen it for ourselves, it was about when I was in high school and I started doing the Right to Life speech contest where I started to research what it is that you and mom and the movement had been talking about for all these years, like what was really going on. I went to look for myself because in order to prepare for a right to life um, oratory high school contest, you have to do your own research. You prepare your own speeches. And as I began to see it with my own eyes and to hear it with my own ears, that is when God ignited the spark for calling me into the pro-life movement on my own two feet and not just on my family or my parents' spiritual feet. But every seed that was planted prepared me for the moment where God was like, I called you. I haven't called um, you to be on um, just the shoulders of your family's faith. I've called you to your own faith. 
to stand for me as a warrior in this movement in complete surrender to me. Mm-hmm. And so that started at about, yeah, about high school during the oratory contest and the spark was ignited then. And then from there, um, you know, I ended up uh, attending TSU for a little while and then went on to a broadcasting program. And, and not long after that, you know, ended up moving away to do some film and production work in different states. But long story short, one thing that was always there was the seeds that you all planted, you know, for just my love for Christ, but then also how I was called into the pro-life movement. It didn't matter what project that I was working on. It always had the essence of um, God's definition of what it means to be pro-life in it. It was always interwoven into my life and into my work and into my projects, film, production, media, whatever it was. And um, I ended up um, moving out to Los Angeles for a little while, got an amazing job offered to be a media director for uh, a ministry, a church out there, and did that for a little while. And um, was there for about a couple years, and it was around that kind of two-year mark that I felt like God was calling me back um, to the South. And for me, home is between Mississippi and Tennessee because we grew up between there. We lived in Mississippi for a little while, then moved to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew that God was calling me back. I just didn't know where in particular. And it was about that time where I was just began to really pray into God, what do you want next? Not my will, but your will. And um, not long after that, it was when the door opened to uh, a door opened to be able to work full time in pro-life ministry with uh, Students for Life of America. They needed a regional coordinator for Tennessee and Kentucky. So God kind of made that pretty clear. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up moving back and eventually dove just, you know, just dove straight into all things dealing with the pro-life ministry. And I'm forever grateful for my time at Students Life of America because uh, Kristen Hawkins, the president, as well as all the other execs there, they gave me um, some amazing training to build off the training that you, Dad, and our whole family had already started in, in the days of my youth. And so um, they opened my eyes to just how this ministry can be done, should be done, and even how we need to perfect certain things. And, and that's where God really um, opened up my eyes to where he was targeting me even more so into the pro-life movement, which was calling me to be a bridge builder, uh, really between multiple, you know, multi-racial communities, but specifically the, the Black community, to bring truth about what the pro-life movement is about, but also the damage that the abortion industry has done to the Black community, but also building a bridge to non-Black communities, specifically white communities, into the Black community to help show them this is how you present the pro-life, the gospel pro-life message to the Black community. And so um, with all that being said, uh, where I am today is I am now um, working full time, of course, with my family as we launch the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center, the mobile unit in in Mississippi. I also work um, full time as the media production and pro-life research uh, manager for the Vitae Foundation, which is a right brain research institute where we do a lot of research that really helps 
uh, pregnancy resource centers become more effective in what they do. And so um, in the midst of getting ready to launch um, the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center mobile unit in Mississippi, also getting ready to launch a pro-life documentary that's going to be directed uh, directly towards the Black community, um, being a, a twofold tool, specifically a twofold tool to bring truth into the Black community about the abortion industry, but then also um, teaching, like I said earlier, non-Black communities, specifically the white community of this is how we effectively minister uh, God's, God's version, uh, the gospel version of the pro-life message into the, the Black community. So mm. uh, does that answer your question for more about me in a nutshell? <laughs> it does. It does. Thanks for sharing that, Dan. And uh, uh, specifically, uh, one of the things that uh, we, we're going to do is I'm going to ha- ask you to pray for believers, uh, and we, we might have to either start or even finish on the other side of the break. But specifically, pray for believers to have ears to hear God for their specific calling because the calling that every believer has is important for them, and it's not for anybody else to tell them. It's for each person to hear from the Lord for themselves, and others should affirm it. But it's important for every believer to learn to listen to the Lord for themselves then. So so uh, yeah. we won't try to do it on this side of the break because our time is almost gone, though. But I would like to ask, too, that uh, on this broadcast to our listeners, as we share more about the ministry of the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center, we're inviting our listeners to become ongoing prayer partners because, again, the prayer uh, behind any and every ministry is so, so important. And so we're yeah. encouraging you to do that. But also, we hope that persons listening will listen to the Lord if the Lord feels, uh, impresses you to be, a, along with being a prayer partner, financial supporter. We're hoping you'll consider that as well. But our phone guest today is Elizabeth Parker. She's the director of the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center. And we'll be talking more about that. We'll be right back after this break.
music of Mandisa with God Speaking. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Elizabeth Parker. She's the director of the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center, and she just happens to be our youngest daughter as well. Glad to have her on the broadcast today. And Elizabeth, as we begin this segment, I'm going to ask if you'll pray for listeners that they would have ears to hear all that the Lord would say to them through the broadcast today, but also that they would have ears to hear to discern God's specific calling upon their lives. Would you do that, please? Absolutely, and thanks so much for having me today, Dad. Okay. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for the gift of salvation that you've made um, a way for all of us to receive, Father God. And Father God, I also thank you that you don't have grandfather, or you don't have grandchildren in your kingdom. You are not a grandfather. You are a father and a good, good father. And I thank you for the gift of salvation and how you offer it. You offer family, Father God. You offer us entrance into your kingdom family. So we thank you for being a good, good father that grows us up as we receive the gift of salvation and grows us up in spiritual maturity so that we can know you better, so that we can receive your love and then share your love with others. And I thank you, Father God, that as we grow in spiritual maturity, you grow us in learning how to listen to you, how to hear from you, how to follow you, how to obey you, Father God. Because, Father God, you say that your friends are those that obey you, and we want to be friends of God. You say that those that follow your commands, those are your friends, and we want to be your friends. We love the gift of salvation. We thank you that uh, we are your children, but we also want to be called true friends of God. So, Father God, give us discernment between good and evil. Let us not call what is good evil and what is evil good, but let us stay close to you in a completely surrendered relationship to you as we work alongside you, Father God, fulfilling the purposes of God in our generation. For your glory, praise, and honor, and in turn for our good and for the good of those that are here and those that are yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And Father, to thank you for those that are part of our listening family. Lord, As you speak to each person, Lord, all those individuals, help them to hear and receive everything you're desiring that they receive as you speak through Elizabeth and myself on the broadcast today in Jesus' name. And stir us as the church to be the bold, boldly obedient church, walking in love that you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let me share right offhand for our listeners, if you're interested in learning more about the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center ministry, that uh, Elizabeth and I have mentioned. Uh, the website is greenwoodhopecenter.org. Again, that's greenwoodhopecenter.org, and you can learn more about the ministry as well as if you'd like to become both a prayer partner and a financial partner, we invite you to prayerfully consider that then. So, uh, well, Elizabeth, I'm going to uh, share just a little bit, and then I'm let, I invite you to kind of share more. But uh, of course, yeah, the journey for me specifically has been uh, that uh, my wife, Bertie, and I have pastored for a number of years in the Mississippi Delta and saw the need for, uh, in that huge uh, part of the state, that geographic area, a need for an additional pregnancy ministry. There are 
two very effective um, ministries already there, one in Clarksdale, Mississippi, a pregnancy clinic there, and then one in uh, Cleveland, Mississippi. But there are certain areas where the majority of the population of the Delta exists, and there were none whatsoever in those counties. And so uh, I really felt impressed with the Lord. Uh, well, well, after having had discussions with different people who also seemed to see a need, we were discussing things, and I, I really wanted to help someone get one started. wanted to do what I could to help provide the backing and support. And discussions were happening, but nothing was really, really moving forward to bring a new ministry into existence. Yeah. And at a certain point, I heard the Lord say, you do it. And so once I heard that <laughs> and got clarity on that, we embarked upon the journey. And by God's grace, the Lord has miraculously done some wonderful things. Here we are now. Amen. God has blessed to where the mobile unit, uh, the cost was 191000 It's completely paid for. God raised the full amount. And Lord willing, praise God. Praise yeah. God. That's right. And if all goes well, we should have it in our possession um, according to schedule by the end of probably September. And also, we just, it was an exciting day when we received our ultrasound machine that will go on the mobile unit. We received that just a few days ago. And mm-hmm. so, we're inviting all of our listeners to pray much for the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center. We very much desire your prayers because. There's spiritual warfare around the ministry of every pregnancy clinic. And, you know, Elizabeth, it's sad to hear in the news of how that there have been persons who, well, individuals who and groups that have actually firebombed and attacked pregnancy clinics. And, you know, what a tragedy yeah, to think so that sad. ministries that are doing the great work of helping to save babies and save women and save families, yet they're being attacked physically and spiritually right by wicked entities in our culture. So it's important for the church to understand all of us have a responsibility to step up both in our prayers, but also every single listener, we're challenging and encouraging you to prayerfully say, Lord, what do you want me to do to help get involved with standing for life and against abortion? How can I help? And part of that, I believe in many cases will be get involved in your local pregnancy clinic, find out where it is and what, learn learn about its mission, and also a volunteer. Give, become a financial partner. All those are important. And so, Elizabeth, any, any thoughts that you want to share along the line of the need for believers to really step up at this point in time in our culture? Yeah, I mean, you've said it so well, Dad. Um, the fact that the need is there, and you know, one of the biggest lies that the other side has unfortunately done a great job in marketing and spreading propaganda is that all we on the pro-life side of things, on the, the kingdom life side of things, all we care about is getting the child here. And that is one of the biggest marketing lies that um, the pro-choice side has marketed well, unfortunately. And that's not the case. And there's such a kingdom need for Yes, um, the staff of PRC to be there and to be available to the women as well as the um, the families, the men, the children that are already here, even the mothers of, you know, expecting mothers, the grandmothers. There's such a need for PRCs to, to be here, to be a community center for the family, right? But there's also a kingdom need for God's people, his bride, the church, to get involved as well. 
Mm-hmm. Because when these people come, when they finally do hear about uh, the Pregnancy Resource Center and the fact that you can, you, we not only give you options for, okay, let us know, let's hear from you of why are you making this decision? Because you greatly increase the choice for life when you find out why this woman is seriously or has already chosen to choose death for her child, to choose abortion. And a lot of times that deals with financial. It deals with um, living situation. It deals with, I don't think I'm going to be able to continue school. It deals with, I don't have the support system. And when we come alongside her and answer those questions, I don't like literally, there are women who I don't know where my next meal is coming from. I don't have groceries, right? We literally saw two clients who literally drove all the way from the Mississippi Delta up to Charlotte on their last dime, didn't have gas money to get back, didn't have groceries, hadn't eaten in a whole day just to get to the death center of an abortion clinic. And thank God that the sidewalk advocates were there to not only just meet them with the spiritual needs, but they met their physical needs first. They gave them food, you know, they they gave them gas money, but then they also heard out, like, why were they, they even thinking about taking this route? And through that, that opened the gateway for them to hear about the love of Christ, the fact that there's a community of people that care for them, and um, then on top of it, to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. And then they got connected with us, and now we're ministering into their lives today. Hmm. But where the church comes in is we need church members who have a heart for what God has a heart for, to come in and help be mentors, to come in and help volunteer, to partner with their finances, in addition to with their time, and actually say, I'm going to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, like he says, like he calls us to in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, there I, I can't reiterate enough of what you've already said through adding on what I've just said as well. Like, there's a great need for the church to answer the call of being pro-life the gospel way. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again just for sharing your thoughts and your perspective there. And yes, you know, every single listener, it's wise for us to pray that prayer. In fact, it's it's the same prayer that the right right after Saul, who became Paul in Acts chapter nine, right after he first encountered Jesus Christ, uh, he asked first he wanted to know, Who are you, Lord? But his second question was a great question and a prayer. Lord, what do you want me to do? And, you know, that's a wise prayer for every believer to pray, period, because God has work for every believer once we're saved to do. And one important aspect of the work God is calling us as his church, individually and collectively, to help address is the life issue. Sadly, Mm -hmm. for the last 50 years, sadly, abortion has been legal in most of our nation. And by God's grace and by his hand, Thank the Lord God overturned, had Roe v. Wade to be overturned through the Supreme Court. But again, the battle is far from over because it's important to know, too, now it falls to the individual states to make a decision about whether or not abortion would be legal in their states. So, yes, there are some states where abortion is basically illegal. But as Elizabeth just uh, alluded to, a sad reality is when women find themselves desperate, desperate to get rid of the baby, to to feeling like abortion is their only option, they will travel a long, long ways to go to get an abortion. 
how important it is for us as the church to be in the right place at the right time to help her realize Jesus is the answer to this problem. They need to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. And also Jesus, who's the head of the church, is the answer. Because when the church is listening to the Lord, the church, uh, yes, will be the hands and feet of Jesus that reaches out to come alongside the mom to help her walk with her through the situation where she, when she, where she finds herself expecting at a difficult time, helping her to realize, no, it's not the end of the world. That life is a precious life, and the church will walk with her through her time of expecting the baby and beyond as well. So it's just so important yeah. for every believer, individually and collectively as the church, to understand we have much work to do. But it's important that we have ears to hear and eyes to see what God wants us to hear and see in our culture. So specifically— Absolutely. And can I add to that real yes. quick? Go right you ahead. You said something very powerful about Paul who became Paul. And then— the prayer that he prayed after that Damascus Road experience, he says, Lord, who are you? And what would you have me do? That is such a humble example of how we are called to be mature Christians in Christ. Because I think one, um, I guess, sad truth in the church is that You know, we definitely need more discipleship in what it looks like to be mature, growing Christians in our faith, in surrender, really calling, really allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to be our Lord, right? Not just in title, but in our actions. But when Paul said, what would you have me do? That is a humble moment that we can all learn from. Because a lot of times, we as Christians, even as growing Christians, we can go to God and say, hey, God, this is what I got going on. You want to jump on board? Versus, God, I'm laying down everything that's on Mm -hmm. my agenda. Mm -hmm. And I want to pick up your agenda. So you feel the blank slate of my agenda as of now. And I want my heart to be worth for your heart, no matter what it does or doesn't look like. And that is who God can get the most mileage out of. That is who he's looking uh, to and fro with the earth, uh, of the earth for kingdom-minded people who would surrender themselves humbly and say, Lord, let me be a part of what you have going on and not vice versa. Because he's not blessing our agendas, but he blesses those who say, I'm on board for whatever you've called me to do. Just tell me what you want me to do. And as long as I'm going with you, I'm going all the way. Mm. That's a powerful point, and it's such a critically important truth for every believer to listen to because, again, God doesn't make cookie-cutter Christians. We're all called with an individual anointing and individual calling, and it's for us to hear it and walk in it. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our phone guest is Elizabeth Parker. She's the director of the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center. We'll be right back.
think that you'd still know my name But love refused to lend my story in music of casting crowns with love moved first thanks for listening to the hour of intercession here on american family radio we're privileged to have as our phone guest today elizabeth parker she's the director for the pregnancy care and hope center and uh we're excited about the fact that we're moving forward with the ministry that will be serving in the southern portion of the mississippi delta and uh elizabeth would you share with our listeners the website if someone wants to learn more about the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center. Would you share the website one more time? Absolutely. The GreenwoodHopeCenter.org. I want to be doubly checked. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. GreenwoodHopeCenter.org. And that's yeah, um, we just invite you to reach out to us to find out more about what we're doing, where we are, and just the different phases of what it means to be an effective pro-life ministry in the South. And then we we welcome you to partner with us in our in your prayers. And then also financially, and then also with your time. Yeah. You know, uh, a very important part of the ministry of all pregnancy clinics is the uh, volunteer uh, the volunteer yes. force as well. And, you know, I want to just mention to our listeners just a few ways that are so important that individuals can volunteer to help with your local pregnancy clinic, uh, whether it's you're getting involved with helping us with the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center in the Mississippi Delta, or in your local community. Find out where the pregnancy clinic is. And, you know, what is really neat is when you people will call and say, what can I do to help? You know, to be honest, that's a very rare call. That's been my experience, both pastorally, but also uh, with the Pregnancy Care Center. But recently had a young lady that did call and basically asked that question, what can I do to help you? And, you know, she has been a tremendous help. This young lady helped us to... Yeah. really get our baby bottle boomerang project going in her community and she's helped us get a a newspaper article in the uh, local newspaper and just yes. done a number of things and <laughs> i think of this too you know the baby bottle boomerang is a neat project whereby uh individuals will take a 
a, a baby bottle that looks like a bottle, but uh, you can't feed your baby with it. It's not really, it's really a little bank, but it's a way whereby people can take the bottle and maybe for about two or three weeks and then turn it in after a limited period of time. And um, it they might fill it up with coins, maybe dollar bills, maybe checks, whatever they choose to put in it. It might be just what their family has chosen to give. It may be they've collected it from their Sunday school class or maybe their Bible study group or their whole church family. But people have given generously through that project. And so if you're wanting more information about that, please get in touch with us. Uh, let me share with you my, my email. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Uh, be glad to share more about that with you. But also, again, I'm encouraging every single listener to prayerfully ask God what he wants you to do and find out where your local pregnancy clinic is and prayerfully consider asking them, how can I be of help? Some other ideas, too, is, you know, helping with the the baby clothes closet. You know, the pregnancy clinics provide free, you know, provide free clothing. Uh, you want to share more about why that's important for the pregnancy clinic ministry? Absolutely, because people, I mean, it's an old thing, but it's such a true, simple, wise thing. People don't care what you're saying until they know that you care, right? And so one Mm -hmm. way that you share the love of Christ is by meeting the physical needs. And then meeting the spiritual need. Mm-hmm. That opens the door to be able to meet the spiritual need by first meeting them at their physical need. Because a lot of times, these um, clients who come through the doors, they don't know Christ, or they don't realize that they don't have a, a genuine faith or foundation in Christ. And so they're not open to so much hearing about Jesus Christ straight out the gate, but they're open to hearing about how can you put clothes on my baby? You know, how can you help me feed my baby? Um, How can you help me with this particular bill? Like they are open to hearing, how can I get some help for my immediate needs? And then it naturally segues into now, why are you here? Why are y'all doing this? And then we get to talk to them about why we're here, who called us to do this, and mm-hmm. how we can share the love of Jesus Christ, the reason why we're here, why we are called to do this. We can share the love of Jesus Christ with them. Mm-hmm. But it, it starts with having that gateway open. And a lot of times it's meeting that physical need that is the key to open the gateway to their heart to receive Christ. That is so true, so true. And, and you know, I recently had the chance to um, see a closed closet of a church that we're going to be partnering with in the Greenville, uh, Mississippi community. And they have a beautiful closed closet, mm-hmm. including a baby closed closet, as well as they do <laughs> closed closet ministry for adults as well. And the beauty is... Yeah. Working in a baby clothes closet can be very fun as well as interesting, too, in it because, um, you know, there's something a little bit humorous to look at onesies sometimes that little babies wear and sometimes the designs that they're put on them. But, but the beauty is it's a reminder that every child is precious. Every child is important yeah. in the eyes of God. And 
The Pregnancy Clinic Ministry helps us to recognize that every child is a gift from God with a special purpose in the world. And we have the privilege of helping that child to come into this world and and not be aborted, whose life and purpose gets cut off right. because of the tragedy of abortion. So, But other ways, just like I think of this, I just had the privilege of talking to someone recently who's had the privilege of going through and then leading a post-abortive Bible study. We live in a culture yes. where one out of every three or four women have had abortion. So part of what that means is a lot of individuals in our culture are hurting from the tragedy of abortion. Yeah. They're hurting. They're going through emotional and physical as well as spiritual pain as a result of having gone down the tragic road of abortion. They need the forgiveness of Christ to be ministered Amen. to them. They need to hear about the salvation only Christ provides. Well, a post-abortive Bible study is a wonderful tool. And to be quite honest, Elizabeth, there aren't nearly enough of those out in our culture, but the need is so huge true. for them. Yeah, so. And, and that's why it's so important for churches to get involved, because literally, if you come to God with, God, what do you want me to do when it comes to ministering the kingdom pro-life message to the community? I'm telling you, <laughs> the list won't stop with the different options for where people can get involved. We need kingdom uh, people to mentor these young ladies, these, these women, as well as the men, because sometimes the men will come in with their girlfriend or their, their spouses, and they need mentorship as well. They need to be plugged into a church, right? And they need to be met with, with God's love, uh, kindness, His grace, and correction. That's what the body of Christ is all about, right? Mm -hmm. And so, with that being said, that is, that is why we need more kingdom-minded people, a part of the body of Christ, to get involved. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is so true, and thank you again for sharing that. And, you know, one thing that I think many people don't realize is that one of the very important uh, aspects, one of the priority uh, outreaches of your average pregnancy clinic is the sharing of the gospel, the sharing of the gospel yes. of Jesus Christ with individuals and doing the work of discipleship, helping uh, individuals, uh, young ladies, and often, as you just alluded to, their boyfriends or husbands sometimes, mm -hmm. both sharing the gospel with them. And once they come to know Christ, helping them to grow up and grow in their faith, because sadly, sometimes for whatever reason, they haven't really heard or received the gospel or maybe haven't been really discipled like they could have or should have been in their past as well. So it's good for believers to be mindful that a lot of evangelism and a lot of discipleship yeah. happens through the work of pregnancy clinics. And so that's one more great reason for the church to come alongside and to uh, aggressively work with and passionately be involved with the work of pregnancy clinics because the pregnancy clinic is simply an extension of the church and it's extension of the hands and feet of Jesus through the local church as well. So our time is just about gone. Any final words of encouragement or wisdom you want to share with our listeners? Um, yeah, absolutely. I had um, just the amazing honor to, to serve and to learn from uh, Sylvia Johnson, who runs three awesome pregnancy resource health centers in the state of Texas, in Houston, Texas. And I was able to go in and also be a, one of the, the mentor counselors to the women who had come in to get the pregnancy test and sit down and talk with them. 
And I can't put enough emphasis on that when they come to these pregnancy help centers, which oftentimes, you know, they are like holy ground. When they come into this place, it's almost as if their hearts become fertile ground and they're waiting to receive truth. They're waiting to receive hope. And I can't tell you how many times, Dad, that I went into that counseling room with that woman who was waiting to find out, am I pregnant or am I not? And as she opened up and she talked to me and we were able to talk more about her life, what she had going on. And, you know, that oftentimes segues into spiritual conversation in the midst of it because they're trained to do this. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I would find out she either didn't know Christ or thought she knew Christ and didn't. And I was so surprised at the beginning to find out these young ladies were waiting to hear truth. The ground was fertile. And when I would offer salvation, the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, literally, I want to say, by the time that I was there over a three-month period, I saw between 10 to 15 different salvations and then even more renewal of Mm. um, a commitment to Christ simply because they came through the doors and we asked Mm. the questions and we offered the real thing, which is Jesus Christ. Well, you know, Elizabeth, again, thank you for sharing that. That's such an important part of the work. And uh, our time is about completely gone. But thank you again for being both being our guest today and sharing your heart and your perspective on why a pregnancy ministry is so, so important. Well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a good day, a great day to receive Christ and to be saved. Would you simply pray this prayer with me now if you've never accepted Christ before and you want to make that step today? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many ways. I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Become my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you want me to be. You said in your word, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I'm calling on your name. Save me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My my email is joseph at afr.net. If you just pray that prayer, we want to hear from you. Please email us at joseph at afr.net. We want to share with you some literature that will help you to begin to grow in your new walk with the Lord. Elizabeth, thanks so much for being with us today. Honor to have you. Thanks for having me, Dad. (laughs) All right. And keep up the great work. And let me share with our listeners once again the uh, website for the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center, greenwoodhopecenter.org. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.